Good evening. Welcome to the 12th Dimension Stroke Scottish Paranormal Podcast with me and the amazing Chris Meek. <laughs> all right, Andy. <laughs> yeah, all right. Oh, Hi, everybody in the chat. Just open my mouth and it rolls out. Could be anything. <laughs> Just it with something nice. <laughs> oh, right. So, do you want to kick it off, Chris? Yeah, so we kind of thought we'd have a, a bit of discussion on Skinwalker Ranch. We're no experts in Skinwalker Ranch. Just want to put that no out idea. there. So, any any um, mishaps or wrong, slightly wrong bits of data, um, we'll take it in the chin because we're no experts. But the kind of thing I want to talk about is mainly a wee bit about the the series Skinwalker Ranch, and then some of your kind of even thoughts and theories on it. You'll probably have a lot of yourself in the chat as well. Um, so initially, we'll maybe talk a wee bit this week about the history, or just like the kind of original story of Skinwalker Ranch, um, feed in as well for the chat, and then the weeks subsequent after that, we'll do a bit on series one, a bit in series two, and a bit in series three. Um, so this week's mainly a wee bit about the background to it, plus we'll just have a general chat about everything. That's all right, Andy? Yep, yep, sounds good to me. So... <laughs> Yeah, so I was just getting everything, all the levels ready and what have you. Make sure everything's in front of me and not at the side. Right, so we're gonna start. We're gonna start off with a couple of our own bits of stuff and do 
you said about doing like a paranormal round table with a Q&A, didn't you? Yeah. So do you want to do that first and then towards the end go into Skinwalker? Yeah, if you want, yeah. Do you want me to tell that story we spoke about earlier on? Yeah, because do you know, since you told me that, that was what, before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just been... I just need to know the full story. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of them. Have I froze? Yeah, it's, it'll be all right. It'll kick in in a second. All right, still okay. there, yeah? Yeah, that's fine. So, ah, there we go. Um, it, was, it was actually before I was doing the one of the podcasts with an author who was writing a book on Robert Kirk. Um, so Robert Kirk, if you don't know the history of Robert Kirk, I'm sure quite a lot of you do. Um he was a, a reverend in a town called Aberfoyle, um, yeah. which is akin to the theory lore. And he was a, a kind of paranormal investigator his day. Um, the, the original kind of fairy tale story is um, the fairies kind of take him away to like fairyland or, or whatever. There's, there's quite a lot of different theories there. Um, it wrote yeah. the, the Secret Commonwealth. So, uh, cut a long story short, I had the author back on again. She's writing a story, uh, a biography about Robert Kirk going back researching all his stuff, researching all his diaries, uh, researching everything. So it's quite interesting. So um, just at the same time, though, uh, run about the same vicinity, not too far away. You're probably maybe, as the crow flies, maybe about 30 miles away in the same type mm. of vicinity. Um, I got a, a message of a guy who was who told me a story. And in the, in the actual email, he, he told me um, it was a, a dryad, he said it was, right? And I had to look up what a dryad was. I know like different yeah. names of certain things, but a dryad, I wasn't. It was one I wasn't sure of. So uh, some type of kind of fairy type being. Um, yeah, yeah. So the story goes that he was on the. This was only, if I can remember correctly, I'm sure it was only two two thousand fifteen. I need to double check the times, but it's yeah, yeah. no long ago anyway. Um, he was driving on the the A nine, which is one of the kind of main the main roads or motorways that goes right up the central of Scotland and up into the Highlands. Yeah, yeah. So this was between Stirling and Perth, so it's still quite in the central belt. It's not too yeah. far away. Um, he was driving up, and he was driving on one of the back roads just off the main carriageway. Um, during the day, during the day sighting, yeah. driving along, and he had originally seen um, something coming towards him. So it was like a... a I just uh, a kind of shape coming towards me to start off with, and he's seen uh it was a either a falcon or not a falcon, but being like a sparrowhawk or something. You know I mean, so yeah, like yeah. a, a birdie prey, like a, a, bird a, a smaller birdie prey was yeah. um, going straight for this thing. Um, and this thing he said it was it was windy, but this thing he said it was going against the wind, and it was coming straight for his wind his windshield in his car. Um, yeah. or his window in his car, his front window in his car, I say windshield, that's more like an American term. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so this this thing was coming towards his car, and um, when it got closer, he could see where it actually was. He said that it, it was, his wife was in the car with him, she was sleeping, um, but he was kind of, he was driving Compass Mentis during the daytime, and he seen this thing, he said it was about a foot wide, roughly maybe just under a foot wide, and it yeah. was the shape of what he said was it was the shape of a maple leaf, um, right. and it looked like a like a star type shape, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And um, and this thing was coming towards him in the wind. Like originally, he thought it was a bag. He thought it was some type of bag. 
and it was like getting caught with the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wind. And this um, birdie tree was chasing it. And as it got closer to the car, he, he noticed that it looked like a, a maple leaf shape, say like a kind of star, five kind of pointed star type shape. And when it got to the car, it said it was a, it said it was, it changed colour. It changed right. from, like, when it was getting closer to him, we could see it was, I remember, orangey colour. It changed to a kind of lighter, pinky colour. And um, it changed again. And when yeah. it kind of, it was going to hit his windshield, his windshield, the front window of his car, and it just skirted over his car. It didn't actually hit his windshield. It was like the wind obviously kind of caught this thing and took it over. And yeah, it's like aerodynamic sort of thing. I'll get to the description of it now, but on the other side, he slowed down because he thought this thing was going to hit his, wind his window. And there was a car coming the other way. And he said they slowed down as well because they seen the same thing. And uh, But they never stopped. They just kept going, but they actually slowed down because they could see it. And yeah. what he described was, he said, it was like a shape of a maple leaf. Um, it was wings. And he said, in the middle of it, it was a... It was a man. He said it was like a really, really small, like stature man, like white in colour. Um, and he said that the way he described it, he said the if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, you get the thing grouped. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a the tree type thing. He said it was. It kind of looked like that, but his, his head was kind of like was flat at the top. Yeah. Um, he could see features in it. He said it wasn't. It, it was more kind of smooth, but that type of shape is kind of grouped. But it, yeah. it was a white and kind of colour in the middle. And he said he could see muscles on it and stuff like that. He said he could see like legs in that. And this thing was yeah. it, like the actual wings were attached to its hands. Um, ah. And he could see he could see the thing as it went over the windshield that it, it was wincing for the fact that it thought it was going to hit it. It thought it was yeah. going to like hit the car. Plus, at the same time, he could see the horror on its face with this bird chasing it. It was almost like um, this thing appeared and, and managed to come into reality or whatever else. And yeah. um, and it was all of a sudden it was getting caught up in whatever was happening. Obviously, just hit this car. Plus, this bird was chasing it. So, um, but that was a story. I mean, he's he seen that he's seen this thing. He said it's absolutely nuts. He only told. I think he only told his wife and one other person. Um, right. But um, aye, so that that was generally the, the story. It was. I mean, but it's uh, it's just a pretty strange encounter. But he said he could see it up close. He said it wasn't a it wasn't a bird. It wasn't some kind of marsupial that flies or anything like that. It's yeah, yeah. definitely in the centre of this in this mass of wing. Um, it was a it was a, a a definitely body of a man with muscles and stuff like that. It was like yeah. almost like you said, it's like when you see these statues of the, the the kind of Greeks with the muscles and that. You said it was like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but his head was kind of a funny shape. It's kind of like a normal shaped head, but cut off at the top, almost like like that kind of group. Yeah. Kind of flat. That's why they described it as that. Ah, it's quite an interesting mm. story, it's a kind of weird one. Um, for that, but that's that. I mean, up there, that that area, that kind of whole area is like it's on the same kind of hill ranges as where, like, the kind of whole Robert Kirk thing and all that kind of is as well. It's probably even 30 miles, it's probably a lot closer than that, yeah. But aye, so strange story. Have you had any more like that or anything similar? Um, what was the other one? Um, not off the top, any any in mind? What was the other one? Oh. Yeah, I knew I should have wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> so was that another story? <laughs> yeah. Oh, all of it. <laughs> no, I'll come back to you. Chatting. Yeah, it's right. If you remember, we, we just jump straight back to it if you want. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I know there's another one, wasn't there? Because when I was on the phone to you and was was chatting about sorting this out, you told me that one, and there's something else, but I cannot remember what it was. I can't remember what that one was. <laughs> no, sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> if we're, if we're, one of us remember, then hopefully we'll get the story. But if not. You ain't getting it simple as that, that, that was that was quite a strange one because it just came through at the same time where but, I was doing that and uh, it was it was totally um uh, it was just a, a kind of odd one you know what I mean but yeah, the guy yeah, also, yeah. the guy also said as well his his friend had seen they worked near that vicinity and his friend had seen like a, a UFO type thing in the same area as well it was more ah, or less right. in front of it, like an orb or lights and he showed me pictures he had actually sent me pictures of it as well yeah um I'm trying, I'm just bamboozled with the other one. You sure it was me that told you? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, because it was in that one phone call when we were sorting everything out, because I rang you back, didn't I? Because I was uh, dropping people off, and then I said, mm -hmm. I'll give you a call back on the way home. I need to remember. Need I don't remember. know. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, right. So I've got a bit of an update. It's what I was just talking to you about. So... For you guys that know, um, Jessica Jones did a remote viewing on me because I've had, had a few weird things going on with UFOs and finding that implant in my nose and a few of like having lucid dreams about going up into the spacecraft and all these like Star Wars things going on above my head. So she actually sent me the data, I'll show you, of what went on. And then somebody's explained to me what it all means. So what I was told to do, is apparently most people have the ability to do this. So I've print, I printed two copies off, put them back to back and laminated it. So if I spill anything on it or anything else, I've still got the email, so it's not too bad. But if I ever lose it, then I've still got a decent plastic copy of it. So, so put, put my hand over the reading and then see what I can pick up but what, because just talking to you about this one, I've been listening to the binaural beats um, what, for about two maybe three months now and I am going into, when I'm listening to it, the different types, I'm going into a different oh, so would you call it a zone? It's like you pick up, it's like different energy, isn't it? You go into a different state hmm. when you're really concentrating. So I was listening to that. I put my hands over the reading about two centimetres above it. And I was picking up, I believe I was picking up on what went on. So from what I've got from it, I might be completely wrong and just be a bit of a nutcase, I don't know. But I've picked up that it happened when I was younger, but then a lot of the other stuff that's on there makes a lot of sense to what actually went on. Um, and then I got an image in my head of what this being looked like. So it wasn't the small grey. And every time I've done it, I've got the same image every single time. And this is the kind of freak, freaky bit, because I always try and change image just to think, is it me over-imagining imag over it? Or is it like mind playing tricks? Do you know what I mean? When you picture something in your head, 
and you try and play about with it to try and alter what's going on. So I've tried doing that, and um, it's the same image every time. But each time I'm getting more detail on what it's about. So the the image that I've got, this is the freaky bit about it. It was a tall grey. Um, it was a, a from what I can work out was at least six and a half to seven foot tall. Had the typical three fingers. I've not got a voice from it. I still don't know why. I don't. I just jump back a little bit. I don't believe I've been abducted. I just believe that I've been visited and I've had some sort of communication with them. I don't know what that communication was about. I don't know what they wanted from me. I don't know what they told me. I don't know what I've told them. I haven't got, I've got nothing on that. That I'd just be guessing on. I've got an image of this one individual being and it, it's weird. So you've got your typical tall grey with fins out, then goes like bigger bulbous head. But the eyes weren't that big. They weren't the big black eyes. They were more, they were big, but more like human. So where you've got the pupil and the iris and the cornea and all that. It was more like that. But then they seemed to be more reptilian than grey. So like a bit bit of the two and it's the same image every single time so it's like i've not even got a gray color that i can compare it to so it's darker gray than that it's like between silver gray and gunmetal gray but not that dark and i'm just getting and each time i do it and go into this state i'm getting more and more information but I know I can't rush it. I've got to do one step at a time, taking what I've picked up from that. Then I'll leave it a few days. Then I'll do it again and then just keep doing that. But um, Ruby's just asked, how did I find that I had an implant? Woke up one night in the middle of the night. I literally had my hand up one side of my nose and I pulled a little plastic tube out, probably about a centimetre long, It'd be, I reckon, about three millimetres thick. So the hole in the centre was about a millimetre, and then the outside of it, circumference, was one mil all the way around, hence three millimetres. Pulled it out, should have been covered in blood, woke, put it on the bedside unit, woke up in the morning, no blood, nothing, no implant. So I don't know if it's gone back in, or it's been taken, or it's even... I was on my hands and knees on the floor looking for this little tube. Couldn't find it anywhere. But there's other stuff on here that coincides with a lot of stuff that's gone on that I've not told anyone about that I'm not going to go into because it's personal. Do you know what I mean? So it's quite interesting that uh, we were talk, chatting before about the binaural beats and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I was looking at doing the exact same over the last wee while, looking at all the Robert Monroe Gateway program. Yes, and there's other ones as well called the uh, Sacred Acoustics, and it's all yeah. the same. It's all like um, Alpha, Beta, Theta, yeah. Delta, all that kind of stuff. I mean, but um, they're really good as well. But you know, the total different state of consciousness. Yeah, but that's it. So I, I, so 
what day we're on that Friday. So I'll say, I think it was Tuesday, I've started listening to the Higher Consciousness Binaural Beats. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to the Focus and the Sleep, and, um, the Memory Ones. But they kind of like, they've done a little bit, but then I just needed that bit more. So I've started listening to them. And it's just took me to the next level, which is good because it's where it's like you go out and you have a few beers, and then you start getting everything starts getting a little bit sketchy, mm. and your memory's like it's like that state, but without the sick feeling, without the dizziness and all that, you kind of just slide into it, and it's somewhat completely different. So that's what I'm getting from it. Um, sorry, one sec. I'm just marking a couple of questions. Um, so that's what I'm getting from this. Like I said, someone told me how to read the data that Jessica sent over. Um, and since picking up on all that info, I'm kind of not scared. I want to know what the next thing is that I need to do. And something's telling me it's going to be a regression. I think I've picked up on everything that I can pick up on visually or mentally. I think the next bit is I need to have some sort of hypnosis done. Might be wrong. I don't know. But that's what... Go on, sorry. On that note as well, I was uh, recently reading a good few um, Dolores Cannon's books. Have you read them? They're they're quite good. It's all about like no. um, advanced uh, regression. Ah, there. right. No, QHHD. someone else told me about them. Yeah, they're pretty good. So it's it's gone back. So they done a, a process where it was going back into past lives, and um, it was mainly about um, helping heal the body certain yeah. illnesses and things like that and it was it's apparently it was supposed to be things where from maybe a past life had affected you in this life so it was to go back and try and rectify that so people were going back into their past lives and stuff and then they were like finding out why they had like a certain pain or the why they had a certain illness and it was out of, and then what would happen is they'd go back and the person who was doing aggression the aggression sorry it was like the when they were like lying down on the, on the couch or whatever it's almost yeah. like they'd ask the higher consciousness and they would separate and they would, they would talk in the third person. So it was like, they weren't really, it wasn't like the person lying on the couch that was talking, it was, but it was like a part of the person. And then, yes. um, but they could ask, they found out they could ask a lot of different stuff as well, like knowledge, um, for the ether or whatever else, you know what I mean? And then it, it then delved into a lot of abduction scenarios and, um, what, what the actual kind of plan is and all that kind of stuff. It's quite interesting, like, um, yeah, quite a good few books. So I've just kind of started delving into some of them, but I mean, it's it's worth if you've not looked at that kind of side of it, it's uh, it puts a, a totally other. I've been mean, quite into the whole consciousness side of the abduction scenarios and stuff like that. And this takes it to a kind of another bit of level, you get more kind of information, yeah, yeah. But I'm not, I'm not getting anything that was abducted. There's no, I don't feel any negativity from any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not at the moment anyway I just think it was visitations whatever you want to call it so and 
I've also been told that I've got missing time, which doesn't surprise me. Um, I kind of had a feeling about that, but it was one of them. Joe, you're not hundred percent sure. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to. All I can do is just do a little bit at a time, and then update as I go. If anyone wants to know. So Ancient Ruby just put another question or a comment in there just saying if the implant is taken back, uh, you're more likely to get another one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just about to put that up then. Yeah. So. Reading, just like reading subtitles there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, can you do sign language? You could be the little guy <laughs> in the corner doing all the um, signing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if anyone's got any questions about anything... Just put them up and we'll go through them as we get them. Um, so I'm just they're coming up on just, YouTube quicker than StreamYard. I'm saying, do you want me to just talk a wee bit about Skinwalker the now and then we can just jump about or? Yeah, we can do. Or do you want to do just. So there's a, a old question for Andy Guy. Sorry, that's just Joby. Yeah, that's right. I'm just going to put okay. a few comments up from uh, this one's from Justin. I'll totally recommend the books. I think the, the the one I've recently read is called The Custodians. Yeah. Um, which is if you what it does if you if you've heard some of the Kenny stories recently, where things where, for example, um, things just coming out for you thing people like John Ramirez. Um, the CIA guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who's an experiencer. Um, so some of the stories he's coming out with, um, Chris Bledsoe, things like that, and also mm. the then you've got people like Jim Semivan linking all these stories as well. So all the type of stories in regards to the, the kind of overall type of plan for whatever's happening for um, what's going on in regards to abductions and all that kind of stuff. For, what, for one yeah. kind of instance there, the Horace Cannon book, the custodians anyway, does go through all that, and and it's like um, the information that's coming through for that is quite interesting. You know I mean, it, it yeah. really is, and it goes into a lot deeper. But all totally links, and it links into other stuff as well. So I've been going through quite a lot of times. Like I've read all the Robert Monroe books for the Monroe Institute. They're really, oh, really interesting yeah, as well yeah. um, about out of body experiences and that. But he goes into all the kind of planes or dimensions, whatever you want to call them. But it links into all that as well, where People coming back into this plane to help they need to manifest the body and stuff like that. And some come through as these are beings or whatever else. That's that's what he has taken it, right? And that's back. He's he's gone through these kind of stories from the mid-50s up until yeah. Ken obviously when he when he finished writing his books and stuff. But they links into the same type of stuff as what's happening now, the same type of stuff in like the Lawrence Cannon's books. And a lot of kind of stuff that's coming from consciousness, talking from experiences, which they actually um, relaying from what they've maybe been taught or told, or eventually maybe now it's coming out their consciousness now they're remembering through regression or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, really interesting. I mean, I, I find that bit like really interesting, way, um, especially to do with like astral traveling, and and it's it's just totally all linked. And it, it kind of, I mean, it's funny even you couldn't even imagine now going back maybe. Um, like 15 to 20 years ago, maybe even as far as that, when people are still thinking it's a lot of different separate things. You maybe got life after death, yeah, you've, yeah, got, yeah. you've got yeah. UFOs, you've got ghosts, you've got 
you've got like high strangers and you've got crypt. Didn't get me wrong, there is some, you probably get some series where these things will be separated, but yeah. there's, there's so many links that pull all this stuff together. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But with you saying about astral travel, it's one thing I forgot. Listening to these, like the binaural beats and the, I might get this wrong, but someone will probably correct me. Uh, is it the psychedelic binaural beats? They're the ones that are a lot more intense. That's where they play different tones on different sides. So, you, so then you do have to have like headphones or earbuds in. So what, what they do is they kind of bring the two hemisphere, hemispheres of the brain together. Yeah, yeah, um, and focus up on that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I said that's what someone was telling me because I didn't really, I'd not heard about them till about six, seven months ago. It wasn't till summer that. Um, person that mentioned them to me, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was one of them. Good. So then I said, just started listening to him. Sorry, go well, go going back, going back, we're back to Robert Monroe. We'll, we'll talk a wee bit about Skinwalker a wee bit, but I mean, yeah, and um, the Robert Monroe stuff when they were developing um, a lot of their kind of things with the gateway program, and it was all to do with binaural beats and and they were they knew with the the brain patterns and all that kind of stuff where they could get yeah. people to these levels and stuff and they even developed helped develop um these like hemisync stuff for like the government when it was like when they were doing a lot of remote viewing stuff yeah. because it when you had like people like um what's his name again uh, Moorhouse when he was involved in a lot of stuff with the with the um remote viewing programs then it was uh, Robert Monroe helped develop stuff, which was it made it slightly easier for people to try and kind of get an in. Right. You froze. Yeah. Still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you just yeah. froze. Yeah. It's Sorry. right. I've just found yeah. what it was. It's isochronic tones. I isochronic. I'm sure that's how you say it. And they're the ones that are like at a higher level. But I felt that when I'm when I'm listening to these, when I come back, I just feel that I want to detach from my body. Hmm. So say I've been listening to it for like 15, 20, 30 minutes. When I come back into myself, so to speak, I kind of feel then I want to... It's like... A, I can't think of the word. It's like um can't escape from your own body, but I feel like I need to. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Because it wasn't until I started listening to this stuff that I've started feeling that and it's the strangest feeling. Yeah, the, isochronic the gate, tones. The, the gateway process is quite good because it takes you through stage by stage, right through yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, my, my my problem with it is I try it too late at night when I'm tired, so I fall asleep. <laughs> that's what I do you need to basically do it but when you look at, as yeah. I said earlier on we're talking about it, when you look at stuff from Gnostic practices which look at astral travel and things like that and you look at yeah. the Monroe stuff and you look at all that it's all the same, it's the same processes, apart. there's slightly different ways of doing it but it's yeah. the exact same processes yeah, just different um, technique it's just different techniques, but even even with the techniques, it's like, for example, when they're relaxing the body, 
there's different ways yeah. of doing that, but it's all a, a process so they relax the body and then they'll focus something and then they'll move away. If you're not even using binaural beats, it's all, it goes like that. The binaural yeah. beats can do it a lot quicker. But I, it's yeah. pretty interesting. Somebody asked a question about um, Skinwalker. So what are your theories on Skinwalker Ranch phenomena and the area? Utah uh, has neighbouring uh, ranches oh, with strange go. activity and they name other ranches. Got it up already. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm staring him, but I am missing a lot of him because I've set everything up a little bit different, so it's hard to keep on top of it all. Um, so the other two are Stardust and Bradshaw. I know there are two of them around the area. Stardust is, Brad, is, is Bradshaw. Bradshaw's somewhere else. Bradshaw's, is that, I don't think Bradshaw's in Utah. No. Um Stardust, that's in Phoenix, Arizona. So, I don't know. Um, so, going back to, so, back to the start, anyway, we have your um, skinwalkers, right? So, yes. obviously, that was the, the Ute tribe, the um, skinwalker, the area skinwalker. Um, for people, the reason we kind of want to talk, I kind of want to talk about this as well, I had a few people asking me, so I'd referred to a few things about Skinwalker and podcasts. And I know quite a lot of people in the chat and us, we know quite a lot about Skinwalker. We've watched it and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. we've followed it, we've read the books and, and all that and listened to podcasts and stuff. But it was, um, I had a few people ask me questions on it. Like, what is it? And so I kind of thought there's, there's people out there that don't know about that. Or they maybe just, they've had maybe a glance and look at that. So I yeah. kind of thought it'd be good to just do a kind of wee bit overview on it and stuff. And then maybe go through that, like the, the series and, have a wee bit of feedback on the series and thoughts and stuff like that, what goes on. So the Skinwalker, um, rightly saying, is a, basically from, the Ute tribes had it as a shapeshifter and it was usually um, attributed to maybe somebody who was like a kind of a bad shaman or yeah. and they, had to actually, they had to kill somebody in the family to be a Skinwalker. Yeah. And that was like part of the actual ritual. That, that was, was the initiation, wasn't it? Aye, so that was like a part of it. There's different, there's different names for it in different um, areas across the world and stuff for, for the same type of thing. Yeah. Um, don't ask me what they are, but there is different names for when you get them further for different tribes in Mexico and stuff for yeah. a shapeshifter or that type of shaman. And yeah, they, it was... the, the ridge that runs along next to Skinwalker Ranch is called Skinwalker Ridge. And it was yes. supposed to be, because of the activity, it was supposed to be in the path of the Skinwalker. But um, the ranch is like about a 480-acre ranch that sits in the Utah Basin, but as somebody alluded to in the chat, it's not just Skinwalker Ranch, it is the, the kind of whole area where you get a lot of strange activity happen from UFO activity, you get cryptic activity, cryptic spit it out, activity, yeah. portal activity in the houses, um, just total high strangeness, portals opening up and closing, we'll maybe getting into some of the stories and stuff as we go, but um, yeah. it's a uh, it's like a, a kind of strange area. And my, my interest in it as well is the fact that it's a window area, right? This is class as a window yes. area, like anywhere else, right? And these are everywhere. I mean, they're, they're, they're everywhere. I mean, I think we sit on one here because yeah. we, we're asked, and this is my interest in it, and we're asked is we've had multiple UFO sightings, um, cryptid sightings. We've had, and going back into the, the 90s, we had like hundreds of UFO reports in like the Falkirk area. I mean, it's classed yeah. as the Falkirk Triangle up here, right? But 
it, that's a kind of wide sweeping area as well. And it always it's always attributed as well as next to places like burial mounds and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, burial mounds are going back. I mean, in, in there with the, the, the Utah tribe, the Ute tribe is um they always kind of talk about this going back hundreds of years, if not thousands of years and stuff like that. But when you look at some of the sites that happens, like for example in the UK, you've got a place that um, Paul Sinclair looks at as we all know doing like um East Yorkshire. But there's places yeah. dark about the world. No, I mean, I mean, up here we've had lots of different stuff happening over the years. It goes quiet, it kind of ramps up again. But the thing yeah. is, when I started the podcast, they're trying to find more stories that are out there because my local town, there's like so many kind of weird things happen there. Where I, no, I don't stay there now, I'm kind of outside it now, but there's yeah. loads of stuff. So that was my kind of interest originally in Skinwalker because I know like there's these places um, everywhere. So if you, the very, very kind of first story from it, um, it relates to, correct me if I'm wrong, right? So the, the, it's, it's gone for a hundred years, right? But recently, when it came into kind of recent times and people known about it, a family moved into the ranch. Um, they basically the cattle farmers. Yes. Um, and the was was it the Gorman family, the Sherman family? Because there was I one name that was used to actually hide Sherman. the right name, the right name of the family first. I think originally they said it was like maybe the Gormans, but it was actually the Shermans or it was vice versa. Um, Gorman got it first. Sherman's bought it off him. No, no, just... it was, no, what happened is it was, it was the same people because I think George Knapp had ah. one name to disguise the actual real family name. Right. So well, it, it was the Sherman, uh, his husband ah. and wife, like you said, they yeah. just ranchers. So, and then so, they bought it. Was it early 90s? Yeah, so the, the, first, the first story from it, when it was when they actually moved in, they moved in. And they were getting like their, their cattle and corral and stuff like that, and getting yeah. all their stuff into the house. This is just like a a small kind of a small kind of farmstead where a couple of ramshackled houses about, and they've got this kind of wide yeah. swathe land where a, a kind of high kind of sandstone ridge that runs along the kind of property. Yeah, because you got um, free, is it free homesteads you've got? Yeah, yeah. So you got homestead one, like small small empty cottages or small yeah. empty. Yeah. So you got homestead one, which is like the main house. Homestead yeah. 2 is where a lot of the main activity goes on. Then Homestead yeah. 3 is just like, I think that's just a couple of stables or something. Like a couple of barns. There's nothing like I think where the gatehouse is, where, where you drive in. Well, the, first, the first story when they came in, they, they moved in and there was um, it was like a, they seen a wolf coming across the, the yeah. pasture towards them. And they said it was a really, really big wolf, but it looked, it, they said it looked kind of placid and, and friendly. And um, yeah. it then went for one of the calves in the corral. So they tried to beat it with a stick. Yeah. And it didn't stop. They said it was massive. This thing was big. And it was really, really yeah, big. Yeah. Tried to kind of, tried to bite, um, the, grabbed it with the snout or whatever, the the, the, the calf. And yeah. they beat it with a stick. And the guy went and got his um, revolver, shot it. It still didn't budge, shot it again, didn't they budge, and he then went and got his rifle, his 30 odd six rifle, and, and shot it and eventually recoiled and then started to walk yeah. away. Shot it again, and he's seen this um a bit of kind of flesh come off it. And they tried to track it and follow it. Um, yeah. and we went so far and the footprints just ended with this right. thing. It just totally it's like it went it went onto the kind of the dry kind of river riverbed. 
and um, his foot pimps end. They couldn't find this thing. It just disappeared. Right. But they said the funny thing was is when they came back, the flesh, the flesh that was lying in the pasture was also it almost smelled like it was rotten. Oh. And when the the Nids team came, which we'll talk about in a wee minute, they yeah. they um, they basically um, showed them different pictures of wolves in the area and all that kind of stuff. There wasn't any wolves in the area anyway, but. What the what the point pointed out to be was a, a dire wolf. They said it looked like right. a dire wolf. The size of it and the shape of it. They said it what they described was a dire wolf, which had the, which is extinct basically. Yeah. Uh, that was the kind of first thing that they seen on the property, which was really, really, really weird. Yeah. Because the land that they own doesn't cover all the ridge, it only covers part of it. Yeah. So it's kind of like because I was looking, it's a weird how they, the land that they own so it's like big rectangle then you've got like a piece in the top right hand corner a big square which it's only connected mm-hmm. by like if you draw when you draw it as a shape it's just connected by the, the two corners mm-hmm. but um i forgot where i was going with it oh you're saying about the footprint i know there's a canal that runs through it well, it's, it's like it's a river, but I think the river kind of dries up. They call like. it a canal, and it's not that parts of it, it's not that wide, it's only like three, four foot wide. Yeah, it's like it's a burn. So you could <laughs> even I could jump it. <laughs> <laughs> but um it's just there's you've got because there's a lot of rumbling, there's a lot of underground stuff going on. That that's what I kind of find interesting as well with some of the things in it, because you can have a link to during the whole time they stay there, and yeah. even when other teams come on, which we'll talk about a wee bit, they hear yeah. like rumbling under the ground, or as if like metal's getting dropped, and there's metal yeah. clanging and stuff like that, like deep underground, as if somebody dropped something. And when yeah. you listen to obviously um, some of Paul Sinclair stuff, they hear the same at, at Bempton or on the or on basically on the cliffs. They hear yeah. like they almost. I think one time he described that they've heard almost like it's like somebody dropping like. A heavy metal kind of thing or heavy concrete and they hear these kind of reverberations and um, yeah. coming through the, the kind of stone but um that the, that was the kind of first instance i had at skinwalker ranch and everybody doesn't know the story i mean i'm sure all you do but um it's mainly to put this out other people kind of learn a wee bit about it as well if we're gonna get we'll be accurate as we can <laughs> or can <laughs> yeah so we all the different types of stuff at the scene i mean over the years loads of stuff i mean so that was the kind of first thing that happened but there's other yeah. stories where they had seen um there was like poltergeist activity. So in the house there was like loads of strange stuff where they would um see apparitions, they would they would either have things where they'd come home and the I think the lady had unpacked the one of the most kind of um ones you hear in some of the stories is unpacked all the shopping and put it away yeah. and then came back through and it was back out on the table again. Or she would um have a have a brush for coming out a shiver or something like that, and then it, it would be missing. We didn't know where it was, and then it will be it will be basically in the freezer. They'll find it in the freezer later on. So yeah. all these kind of trickster stuff and poltergeist kind of stuff going on. Um, there was loads of kind of different things like that kind of going on throughout the time. Attributed as well was like UFO encounters, like things with the scene. They've seen sightings, they've seen orbs, different colours orbs, red orbs, yeah, blue yeah. orbs, orange orbs, white orbs. They would see 
like the sky opening up as if there was different sky on the other side and yeah. then like ufos come through and stuff they would also see things where uh, the cattle mutilations multiple cattle mutilations i think there's yeah. 14 14 heady um, cattle killed over the time they were there um, and that was weren't that one of the first things that happened was cattle mutilation the first thing that happened was a dire wolf thing. When they the same, yeah. they looked like a dire wolf, and then there was they found that their heady cattle was starting to get killed and stuff. But yeah. it was um, so all the kind of things were gone on, and then um, they seen UFOs, they seen everything, and they were getting really kind of see. They seen things where it was almost like a predator type thing. Um, yeah, running where you could see like an, an apparition. You could see they said they could see footprints in the in the as if they were. Because they tried to chase it, I think, and they could see like footprints going through the the river. Yeah, as if something was running, and but they couldn't but see they it. Couldn't see it. Ah, yeah. And there was like loads of different things happening, and I think it over a number of years, and I think like, it culminated in the fact when it came ahead for them was. And there's a lot of other stories which we probably delve into, but it came ahead for them when um, these orbs are seen. When they seen the blue orbs, they were um, they used to call them blue, the blue minis. Because right. they always brought a, um, a a negative feeling with them. So if you had any fear, that means like you would as soon as these things, they brought all the fear fear in you. So you would like feel fear when you seen these things. Yeah, and yeah. I think what what kind of took it to a head with them in the end was when um, the dogs chased these um, orbs, and they heard like yelps of the dogs, and they went back. They went back the next day to try and find the dogs, and the dogs are like both. They were both. Um, I think in the book, when you're reading the book, he just said they were like a, a pile, a pile of mess, like the dogs had been like totally obliterated. Yeah. But um, when it goes on, you hear other descriptions, it was like they were almost like flattened. Like they were, like, That's totally what I heard. Totally like compressed pancake. and flattened. Aye. Yeah. Which um, is absolutely mad. So then it, they ended up, I think from that, they, they were going to leave the ranch or sell the ranch and whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, when, they sold it to Bigelow, didn't they? That's when they sold to Bob Bigelow. So Bob Bigelow, yeah. the millionaire, had the um, NIDS. So it was National, what was it, National? Yeah, well, he set it up. And then he ended up being funded by the government. Yeah, so they start off with had NIDS, which was the National um, Institute for Discovery Science. And that was, they ran that for a number of years and investigated the ranch. So he employed investigators, scientists, security, all that kind of stuff to try and figure out what it was. They had yeah. like they had dogs as biosensors, they had military people there, they had all that there, and that was through the time of NIDS, right? Yeah. So they had that for um the years they had that was between ninety six to two thousand and four. And right. then that the his own kind of program had run out there. No ran out, but that's when they'd done that. And then they had a, another thing called Bass. Which was Bigelow, Bigelow, Bigelow Aerospace Advanced um, uh, yes. Study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So that was funded by the Defence Intelligence Agency. And the information for BAS isn't been um, outed yet. You don't know what that is. There's been some yeah. stories came out about it in regards to um, the book that came out, Skinwalkers Repentigan. So some of the stories came out with that. Yeah. And that during the times, anyway, in the NIDS, in the NIDS time, some of the strange kind of stories which which um, but I, I quite liked hearing. It was the one where um, there was a scientist and there was like somebody else there and they had like a night vision goggle. Yeah. And 
two of them were you could see this light in the ravine and one of the one of them could see the light just getting slightly bigger and the yeah. other one the other one with the night vision could see it opening right up a lot bigger and the one with right. the night vision could see a creature crawl out crawl out the actual hole it almost looked like a tunnel yeah they see this creature crawl out it and then run up the side of the the, the kind of verge oh. absolutely so do you think it's like a vortex then? It just happened that that ranch was built there before anyone knew anything about it. I don't know. It's 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 a it's a funny one because when you get into the whole kind of um, Curse of Skinwalker the series and what they find there, yeah, it's interesting. And then like John Alexander, who was a a colonel in the American kind of military, and he he worked he worked in the DIA program with Bass. Yeah, and he said he stated it was a portal. That's what he said. He said it's a portal. The area is yeah. a portal. Um, but you get so much different stuff coming through. I mean, they all that weird kind of phenomenon they had, and then with things like that, this a creature coming and running through. They, they've seen things where they've seen creatures in trees and stuff like that, yeah. and they couldn't see it, but they could hear it, and they could see its yeah. eyes, and they could see it. They shot it, and they could hear something dropping out the tree. But they couldn't find nothing. And the seen uh-huh. footprints, the footprints is seen when when it was light or whatever. This the footprints is seen. It was almost like dinosaur footprints. It's bizarre, right. absolutely bizarre. They said it was like three-toed footprints, like dinosaur. It's almost like dinosaur footprints. The one thing it fell with the tree. Yeah, it is. It is strange. It's um, yeah, because I was obviously I've been watching it over the last couple of days for a season, and the guy that has it now, that Fugal, he was saying that. When Bigelow had it, there's a lot of stuff you had to sign, so artificial secrets act, yeah. and then a lot more stuff. He, between him and the government, they rated it or classed it as classified, so we'll never ever find out what's gone on with the experiments that have happened there. Well, I, I think when, when you when we get into the series, there's things in that the series where I think so. What what happened is I don't. When it came towards the end of the process with Bass, I'm sure there was somewhere along the line where Bigelow didn't get totally paid for what he did. So he held back the information, some of the information and oh, yeah, yeah. The data that he got for all the scientists and stuff like that. So, but obviously maybe some of it was classified or whatever else, but when there's when you go to some of the bits in the series and they're pulling um, people in for the past to their investigations and stuff, yeah, there's things where you can almost see them getting nods and winks for um look at this or look at that or, yeah, and, yeah. and it's like oh we're going to look at this this time because we think this is here and but you yeah. can tell that somebody's probably potentially gave them a nod and a wink oh yeah uh, definitely it's like with the that is it travis turner the um travis taylor no. travis taylor that's it when he when they go and they're checking the radiation levels and he ends up with radiation burns on his skin yeah yeah. So it's like, why would they go into that area at that time? They must have known that there's something going on, because they they keep they keep going on about as soon as you start digging anywhere on the land, that's when the activity starts kicking off. Yeah, that's I, I find that quite interesting as well with the, the whole thing with that. So let's see, they were they were told when the Shermans or the Gormans, whatever the right name is, Shermans. Yeah. <laughs> whenever they whenever they bought the property, the past owners said to them, um, 
you can't dig in the land or like you need to contact me if you're going to dig in the land or something yeah, yeah, along yeah. the lines. Yeah. And um, so that was quite strange. But I mean, it's all that kind of stuff was going on. And there was like things as well where during the bass process, when no, no bass, sorry, when NIDS were in investigating it, and there was things where they had cattle mutilations happen. So there was like ones where they were checking the head of cattle and a calf, they tagged it in the ear. They walked up into the other pastures. They came back. It was only 40 minutes had passed. And yeah. this, uh, this calf was sitting stripped to the bone. I mean, there was loads. It was, yeah. there, was no blood in it. there was no blood anywhere. The calf was stripped to the bone. It looked like it had been dissected elsewhere and then put back down. Yeah, yeah. And, and then only, only, 40, only 40 minutes had passed. And um, so that was kind of an odd one. And there was things like that happening. But during all that process as well, and it, it, it actually kind of came home to me, me a wee bit when... They were talking about the, they're talking about different orbs and stuff. Yes. And it was when the, they talked about the small red orb, orbs, like really, really small LED size orbs. Um and around about the cattle. You could see this in around about the cattle. And it was it was that kind of triggered a memory with myself because I had seen something like that back in the day and I totally forgot about it. Right. And um, I've only heard one other story with it as well, which we we with Paul Sinclair as well, where somebody else had the same kind of thing. It was hugging the ground, this this kind yeah. of small red red um led there's something about a question in there yeah it's uh, right i've got a few i'm gonna i thought if we do the question you want in the second half yeah that was it um ruby's but it was dissected elsewhere but it's like you said how do they know to be in the area at that time i know they're going to be constantly filming and just walking around it all gets edited and then put together yeah but how many cameramen must they have? I'm not saying that they're just going to be walking in one area. They're going to have like three or four people in different areas. Yeah. And if they ca capture anything on camera, then they're going to use the best of what they've got. I get that because mm -hmm. that's what I'd do. You won't put the crappy stuff up where there's nothing going on when you've got yeah. something with activity. But then you go to like, to the last one that I watched was when they found. They had 42 cows and they found one in the, was it the West Field? And all the other had moved right over the other side of the ranch, yet they've never gone grazing in the area. Yet they went in with the Geiger counters in that and there's zero radioactivity. But when they went in, it was there 10, 15 minutes before, that guy's phone, it was like all these apps were opening and it was texting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All these widgets, the lot was going up. But, Everything was going off at once. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting, no, I mean, but we'll, we'll kind of get, get into that as we go on with the series and all yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff and delve into it. But, I mean, on, a, on some of the stuff where it happened kind of prior to it, where you had that, obviously, with the, the thing getting stripped, that was found. It definitely was, like, dissected elsewhere, then put down in the space of, like, 40 minutes. And then yeah. you had other things where they had, Four it happened, it was happened quite frequently, and they had four headed cattle in a corral. It wasn't a big corral, but it was like they were bulls, they were like massive bulls. Yeah. And um, and they'd said they said to each other, Oh, hopefully, nothing happens to them, you know what yeah. I mean? Because we'll kind of end, end up going under because that was a livelihood and stuff like that as well. And they ended up, um, they came back and they were all missing, they were all missing every single there was four bulls, like massive bulls, they were all yes. missing, they couldn't find them. They were frantic, and then they ended up. Um, they had a look 
he, he had a chance look and there was this like white can he box cart crate type thing. We'll create yeah, like a we, 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 we like a porta cabin type thing that was like at the side of the corral. And the four of them were comatose inside this. There was only one yeah. door in, and um, it was all barbed wire and stuff like that. And these four things were inside this this porta cabin. Um, old porta cabin where they kept tools in it, and but like rammed in there. And they said you couldn't even yeah. get one of these things in there with like a number of people, let alone like four of them. And he said, when he shouted his wife out to come and see, he said they found them. They obviously came to and they started kicking off. And then they kicked the door open and ran out. But when when the NIDS people, because that was during the NIDS process when they were there doing the investigation, and they weren't constantly yeah. always there, but maybe like in Las Vegas and stuff, and they fly in and out and stuff. And when they came yeah. and they looked at that, you could tell that they hadn't even anybody in at the doors because there was still dust and cobwebs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, they checked everything. And what they did find is, though, the whole corral. So the corral is like, it's like just metal fencing. It goes right around like this this part of the field to keep these bulls in, in a pen. Yeah. And the thing with the corral was it was all magnetised. It was magnetised for a, a long length of time after. Like, I mean, like for like a good number of hours. And then the, the, the magnetised that eventually dropped. But it's just yeah. funny that some, some happened. So something definitely happened there with that. Yeah. But... Um, well, and that was during all that kind of process when NIDS were in doing their investigation. They were doing a lot of stuff which was documented. Um, yeah. And they would have, like, um, even the outlying areas, there was things going on. I mean, yeah. another, somebody alluded to other ranches and stuff like that. People seeing UFOs, people seeing creatures, people seeing yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all sorts and everything. But I didn't realise it's one of the first things that you learn about when you start watching the series is that when they was doing the atomic bomb testing back in is it the 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. whenever it was, it wasn't that far away. And a lot of the... Well, after the wind. Yeah. Yeah, the wind blowing it across. So they reckon that's another reason why there could be a lot of um, high radiation in that area. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell it's you, well, the thing is, though, that the radiation is transient, so it moves... Right, so yeah, the thing is, where when you when we dig into the series and that, it's like uh, um, it's transient, so you have radiation that will appear, and you have, you have electromagnetic radiation that appears and spikes to a high level, yes, and then cuts off again. And that type of radiation as well can can that's what the type of radiation that affected like Travis Taylor a number of times and affected yeah, um, what was his other name, the guy who got it in the back of the head. I mean, oh, when his head just like yeah, 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 back. yeah, yeah. So, but that happened to him twice. Yeah. That yeah. first one happened and nearly killed him. And then there's all them spikes that were going on with all the different um, different sound waves that were going on. Hmm. And it started doing it again. He went to hospital and then it calmed down. As soon as he took him out of the area, apparently it calmed, it calmed down. But, but that's kind of what... The interesting thing I find about it is when you when you go to when you look at all the things that happen, like they're digging on the property, so like they call it poking the bear or whatever. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean that when they're doing the series, but even in the past, if they were digging, they were doing X, Y, and Z, it might generate activity, right? If these places are elsewhere, so if you've got a window area which is sitting in your backyard, or like maybe let's say say for example here, there's yeah, a window yeah. area which I think in like the Bathgate Hills, or maybe it spreads maybe a, a lot of different kind of geographical area so how do you know that when you're maybe building that house along the street and you're digging up or there's people digging up the roads or you're running a motorway down somewhere 
Oh yeah, that's not causing something, and you but you don't notice that because you've not got a wide expanse area where you're looking at the sky and then like that. So yeah, I mean, and that then like that might be a focal then. point for it might be a focal point for when you've got a UFO flap somewhere, but then as a case is something else causing it? You know what I mean? So something like poking the bear for this to happen, but it's funny because you end up getting the whole kind of scenario where like the baiting UFO scenario because people trying to bait like. You've heard of the scenarios with yes. people baiting UFOs with, with, um, with certain frequencies and things yes. like that, like certain frequencies. But that it's, it's strange that you're thinking that you could you could actually bait a UFO with certain frequencies when they're supposed to be like um, highly advanced technology and stuff like that, and highly advanced minds and, and whatever else. But yeah. there has been talk of that about like baiting UFOs in uh, with, with certain frequencies and stuff like that. Yeah, well, um, that's what that well, that's one thing that they were saying that once once they started doing like the the drilling and digging and that, it was kind of it was causing activity to kick off. But it's like I don't know if it's the same where you live, but I'm like on the outskirts of Northampton, so five minutes away, I'm in the country. It's like just little villages here and there. But yeah. they started doing. Built there's one place where they're building sort of like 20,000 houses, and it's just been it's not farmland, it's not woodland, it's just crap land basically. So yeah. you can't you can't farm on it, no trees, it's just like wasteland, I suppose. So what if there's something there, like you was just saying, and then they start digging it up for um building on. You mm-hmm. think how big a space will need for twenty thousand houses? I don't know how big an acre is. So let's say it's hundred acres. I, don't, I guess I ain't got a clue. So if they a certain point of that as a certain type of energy, as soon as they dig it up, then that's going to cause other things to happen, mm-hmm. like it would on Skinwalk. Because we we don't know where these um, activity points are. Do we yeah. really? See that that's the, the thing though, like some of these places where um we, we don't know where they are, right? That some of these places are always attributed to this there, right? At Skinwalker. There's a bit up in the hill in Skinwalker where there's like a it's almost like a, a portal row of stones, yeah. like a, a swirl, like a portal. And that was always like the, depicting like a a, a portal or somewhere, right? You get that you still get that in this DNA, you get it in Celtic mythology and stuff as well, where you'll get yeah. like it's almost like a portal and stuff like that. There's one up in Bonnie Bridge, up the back of Bonnie Bridge, where all the UFO signs back in the day. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like um, um, petroglyphs and stuff, right? So the interesting thing is what I kind of think as well. Up for me, you've got the Bathgate Hills. You've got like a 5,000-year-old um, burial mound up there. It used to be a henge, right? Yeah, Next yeah, to yeah. that, you've got more burial mounds. Up there, you've had umpteen UFO reports. You've had cryptic sightings. You've had... Um, just some of the craziest things. I mean, I mean, there's one, I probably relayed this story before, but I was up there with the, the story with the silver man and somebody seen like a cryptid yes. up, I cryptid, spit it out, cryptid up there, right next to burial mounds. Um, I had some type of kind of, in the same vicinity, I had like a kind of Oz factor effect 20 years prior. And when I went to interview the guy, that's when I realised it was like the same place, right? Ah, right. And the interesting thing is when I was up seeing the area and I was taking yeah. pictures and I bumped into a couple, and I'd said to the couple, um, I'd, I'd kind of made an off-cuff remark about this woman kind of thing, to see if they knew about it, 
and they told me a story. They basically turned and they said, well, what did you see? And I, have yeah. you seen something? I said, no, no, a guy had said, he'd seen some back in the day and told me about the story. And they, were going to, they said, well, we've seen something. I thought they were going to tell me uh, a cryptid story. But they'd actually said they'd seen like a large sphere, a, a large white sphere, right? Gone down behind the hill. Right. right? And then, uh, which was only, it was only like, you're talking, this was January. They said they'd seen that in October, right? Right. There's, other, there's other stories of people saying like big spheres at that area as well. The guy also said he stays in the edgy um, basket. The guy also said that he'd seen like a massive black triangle, like a massive black triangle, like one of the ones you hear about, yeah. like in, where it's like the size of aircraft carriers, like or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Hangar. He said he's seen it, seen one of them above basket going into the cloud and it pulled the cloud there. There's been the next town over for that, for example, you've got like Armadale, um, my yeah. old Kenny town, numerous stories in there. Um, the guy had seen the guy had seen uh, like a, some kind of oblong Toblerone shaped triangle craft sitting in a yeah. field hovering there for like um, a good bit of time. Called the police. The police came, right? Yeah. And it went. It, the thing left before the police came, but this guy had missing time and all that. You've then got ten miles for there. You've got the Bob Taylor incident, abduction, the the whole um, guy in nineteen seventy nine, I think it was, where he where he um, See a UFO land and it's a forestry worker. UFO land, yeah. things tried to abduct them into that. Another 10 miles from there, you've got another kind of thing as well. So you've got this whole vicinity where there's loads of things happening in the one small yeah. area. You've got another like 15 miles other way, you've got the whole Falkirk Triangle and Bonnie Bridge, where all the UFO right. sightings back in the 90s, there was like hundreds of them. Hundreds of them. So that's where I kind of link it in with yeah. the stuff that can we look at or whatever, not mean, or even your area. Because there's, there's so that much it, stuff. There. It must be a gateway of some sort. It, yeah, it, it has to be. Because how how would you have so much act, activity in like a condensed area? Why would it not be like spread about? Mm-hmm. So yeah, totally. It's funny because my my wife isn't into this stuff at all. Right, she just rather she she just rather know right. I'm not saying she didn't yeah. believe she, she would just rather not know, right? So right, when I told her about the story with the silver man and up in that bit, and um, yes, I'm talking about Bob Taylor. Yeah, that was a story. Somebody just put that in the chat. So the, ah, interesting, right. thing, the interesting thing about the Bob Taylor thing, right? When I met this guy um, who told me the story about the triangle and stuff, he told me yeah. as well that the he said. When he was walking, he goes, that's still the only story. Because when I was younger, I had a, I seen a, a classic UFO when I was younger, when I was with friends. It predated the Bob, Bales, Bob, Bob Taylor sighting with two years in the same area, which is quite interesting. There was more to it than that and stuff like that. But it was, it was like interesting just bumping into this couple, like in a, yeah. like a, a January, and you know, I'm sorry I'm jumping about a bit there. But, um, no, no, you're, you're all right. But I, so that's what I can attribute. There's, there's loads of different stuff that goes on in the area. And yeah, and it's like what causes a flap? You know what I mean? Is it somebody digging up a motorway somewhere? Is it somebody putting up a new type of mask with a new set of frequency getting pumped to? Is it um is it something to do with maybe nuclear um material was stored somewhere? And I mean there's like all these different types of things that could potentially cause yeah. a flap or, or, or potentially but, cause a bit of um attraction. Yeah. But I after watching the Skinwalker series. It does make sense if it's 
the earth's being dug into because don't forget they're not just digging a few feet down they're they go like oh, they, water water half, half. Oh, they go yeah. about 100 150 foot because i know they've got to check the ground to make sure it's not um contaminated and it takes mm. about two years or something to do that so i used to deliver to a company and the guy was saying that's what they do so when there when anyone ever has building permission uh once can't speak whenever anyone applies for planning permission they've got to go out and check the ground whether it's a big housing company or you just yeah. have an extension on your garage something like that what don't matter what it is they've got to go and check the ground to make sure you can actually build on it and it's not going to cause anything to anyone around there and, and it can take up to two years for it to come back with all the details that they need before they can give it the go-ahead. So if they're digging hundreds of feet into the ground, you don't know what if they hit summer, if they disturb summer, if they could just be releasing a different type of energy into our atmosphere. And it, totally. it could be that causing the activity that's going on. The, the interesting thing as well, which it's... Um... Well, I think about Skinwalker and other areas is like the whole hitchhiker effect. So yeah. the hitchhiker effect, um, for people that don't know, I think most of these will know, obviously, um, is when there's been a bit of phenomena. It could be anyone. It could be attributed to poltergeist. It could be attributed to um, a UFO encounter. Uh, yeah. Some kind of paranormal encounter, and then something latches onto you and goes home with you. So yeah. we found this happening at Skinwalker Ranch. So um, the what happened with some of the teams who are out there, the NIDS teams, and then one of the kind of more prominent ones was the Bass team. That's when they kind of they found out. That's one of the stories that did get out with the Bass one. Um, and in the, the book Skinwalkers with the Pentagon, yeah. one of the kind of strange ones was with the Skinwalker, one of the guys who was working there, um, travels 2,000 miles back home, and then they start having, having orbit activity in their house. Their kids ah. have seen them, the wife's seen them, the husband's yeah. seen them. They then the, the kids say that there's some type of wolf which is, is cutting about outside. The wife sees it, right? This bipedal, yeah. bipedal wolf standing at the back tree in the garden. And they go out to it and the thing runs away, bipedally, runs away on its yeah. two eight legs. And it's it's, it's a, 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 a living thing that's there, it's kicking up duck. It's tall, yeah, 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 and this thing runs away. And they had like multiple bits of, uh, bits of phenomena at their house attributed to taking it from Skinwalker Ranch, and it was like latching on to them in some way. And they went and checked, even this thing that was at the tree, um, there was scratch marks on the tree where this thing was, yeah. And um, it's interesting that there's a few other stories like that that basically linked into people who like worked at Skinwalker. And this thing went with them. So it either could be that's one of the more kind of crazy stories, but there was things where people were having poltergeist activity in their house straight away, kind of after it, where they'd have books flying off the shelf or a wine bottle yeah. flying off the shelf and smashing at the wall, um, or kind of apparitions and, and things like that. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. It's just it I don't know what it is, to be honest. I, I do think there's a connection between it all. But what's the connection? Well, that's the thing. It's a million-dollar question. I know. <laughs> Does anyone have the answer? 
Right. Um, are we good to have a break? Yeah. Is that all right with you? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Right. So we'll have five minute break and then we'll carry on. Do you want, we'll jump on the questions when we come back. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right, guys. See you in five.
seems to get less and less. <laughs> oh, he's gone. No, I'm just, I'm just turning my heater off. All <laughs> oh, right, you're getting too hot. No, no, I was actually cold, but I put it on. It's, it, it'll probably maybe hear it through the mic, so I've just turned it off. Ah, uh, right. I've got a fan <laughs> behind me. Try not to turn it on. Converted my garage. <laughs> uh, right, so I've got some questions. So... These are pretty much some are about Skinwalker, but then it's about the other stuff we were talking about. So I'll start off with this one from Space Cadet. She wants to know what's the artwork on the wall behind you? So you the logo for your podcast. Yeah, so it's um so it's it's from a person called uh, Karen Gilmore. She does um some children's kind of um Artwork and stuff like that. And I found it online. All right, okay. I found it online um, a good number of years ago. I was thinking get a tattoo off it, right? What yeah. it is is um, so you get um, Pictish kind of mythology and stuff. You get um, kelpies. So a kelpie is a kind of war horse, or it's a mythological yes. creature. So yeah. there is there is like some of the there's some of the, like petroglyphs going back. I mean, it's more like stone carving artwork. Where there's like two kind of kelpies, they don't look as detailed as that, obviously, but um, that's what it is. So it's like two kelpies intertwined. So um, and not far from here as well in Falkirk, we've got the kelpies. If you know what the kelpies are, it's like big, massive horses' heads that come out the ground. They're like huge. Um, oh right, okay. um, really, really cool. But that's what they are. So it's a kind of mythological creature. So that was uh, I did ask Carl if I could use it for my um, my emblem for my um, podcast, and she agreed. As long as, like, oh. if I ever made money, I'd, I'd give her some cash. <laughs> I don't make money so far, uh, you've not made it. <laughs> <laughs> so she'd be very gracious to let me, let me use it. Aye, so good question. Yeah. No, that's pretty cool, that. Cheers. Right. Um, next one is from... Oh, so this is from Warren. So I'm guessing this is about the remote viewing that I had done. So I kind of... He's put, does Andy feel he's ready for this? So it's like the progression steps of finding out what went on and why. Um, I spoke to a couple of people about it. Um, and they've all said that I just need to do it in my own time. Like I said, like I said earlier, not to rush anything. But it's like, yeah, I'd love to have all the answers straight away. But I think if it was to do that, it, it would mess me up be a total head blow. Do you know what I mean? It'd be too much to take and all in one go. Um, I do feel that I'm ready for it, but I know I know I need to take small baby steps or whatever you want to call it, but it's knowing what level to go next because I've never I never thought I'd get the answers that I got. I didn't. I, I was expecting to say, "Yeah, you've seen this. You've seen that. You got some missing time. Blah blah blah. That's it." 
I didn't think it was going to be like direct contact. So now, I I try. I don't think about it much because I've got a lot of other stuff um, going on. But I do think I'm ready. But I'm, like I said, I've got to do one step at a time. I can't just go in. I suppose all guns blazing and expect to know everything all in one go. It's going to take a long time. Months, if not years, I reckon. And I think the slower I do it, the easier it is, the easier it's going to be for me to mentally take it all on board. So, yeah, that's it on that one. Uh, sorry, one sec. Right. Um, so the next one is from Nickname. She wants to know, what are your theories on Skinwalker? Oh, we've already done that one. Ignore me. <laughs> Sorry about that. Right. Um, next one is from Joe. How far back does reports go from Skinwalker and the area? Have you got anything on that, Chris? As far as I know, I know it goes back hundreds of years anyway. Uh, I, I don't know the reports, but there was there was reports of the like the Ute tribes and stuff like that going back. Yeah, um, but there was also like so documented. I'm not really sure, um, but as the series goes on in Skinwalker Ranch, because obviously it gets highlighted when the Sherman family are, are in there and stuff, and that's they, they kind yeah. of bring a bit of attention to it. But the when the the series goes on, there is discussions with people who used to work in the land yes. before that family. And they also said something about digging in the land or some strange activity in the land and stuff. But I mean, yep. the whole, I think, I think going in that whole you basin, there was like um, documented loads of UFO reports dating back into like um, the 50s and all that. And yeah. there's things like that. And there was like, there was a few investigators of that area. One of them was a school teacher, as I can remember, who had right. done an investigation himself. And he went, it might have been, it might have actually been, I'd say that older than the 50s. And I mean, obviously, right. But, um, I don't know when he was. I think it was maybe like maybe he was maybe in the seventies or whatever. But he done investigations and gone round and and collecting UFO reports of a, yeah. a ranchers, of a people, and all that. Because back then there was loads of stuff going on, not just at Skinwalker, but in the whole Uinta Basin. And yeah. there was loads of sightings, mainly kind of UFO sightings or strange just going on or high strangers. So he was collecting yeah. all the reports. And you can still find them. Um, I think they talk about it in um, Jeremy Corbell's film. Um, yeah. Hunt for the Skinwalker, right? But that's as far yeah. back as I know. Well, I know there's one part in it where an alpaca gets attacked, and they get the vet in. Um, mm-hmm. That um, Tyler is it? Tyler, Taylor, Travis, Travis. Travis. That's that was Taylor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's they're, they're questioning about. Does he know about stuff that's going on? Um, he's been living in the area for the last 40 years. So this is going back to 2015. So however far back five years, I can't do the math, so I'm not going to try. Um, and he used to go on there when it was the Shermans, when they looked after it, he'd go and check their their cattle and what have you for them. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that even before they moved on, there's always strange stuff going on, but that was why the Shermans got out of there as soon as he did. Mm-hmm. But the, so the people before, it, the people before it owned the house, like 
when they moved into the house, it had dead bolts on the on all the doors and all oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every like, every I mean, window, every door, every way in our house. Because didn't some have them on both sides, not yeah. just on one side of the door? It was like it was on the outside as well as inside. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you find a room, don't they? Yeah, but we'll talk and about that. Through there, it, that. and he's like yeah. charcoal and bits of bone, and he's like, "There's no way in or out of this room." Yeah. So was that was something put in that room and kept as a prisoner and left to die? I don't know. It's a strange one. Strange one, that yeah. one. But that's as is far that... back as the it does go back a lot longer than the Shermans. And yeah. I think that's more attributed to the Skinwalker Ridge in the area, the US yes. basin. Because there's been UFO sightings. Bring... Yeah. Yeah. UFO sightings and all that kind of stuff for, for years. But then the whole skinwalker thing dates back to like the Ute tribes fighting with other tribes and stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, because that's where the name Utah comes from, is one of the tribes that were um, origin to area. I can't remember. The, the, Utes. the Uhan, Utes, Uhans or something. Mm-hmm. I think there's two or three different tribes with a very similar name. But yeah, they had a guy on that was, um, he was Native American, and he was saying about it, it's like they've been told from as far back from what from him being a child and his parents and grandparents and all that they were all told not to disturb the land so this yeah. guy was what I say he was in his 70s you go about four or five generations it's what four five hundred years ish so if they've been told that it's yeah it's a few hundred years that it's been going on at least that they know of so yeah, there's some, there's definitely something going on. Right, um, next one. That's Joel saying about questions. Right, so this is from Space Cadet. Was there any info in the series about someone being killed, a security member? I've not got that far yet. I don't know if you know anything. No, that, that I can remember. No, no, I don't think so. There's nobody been, there's nobody been killed. Uh, People as far as, injured. As, far as I can know, uh, in the series, definitely know in the series. Because um, there's the two, there's only two security guys, isn't there? That are kind of running everything. Yeah, yeah. There's one. There's one guy who. Um, there's one guy who recently on the third series, no security guy. Um, he's one of the guys at the ranch hand, and he yeah. gets a, a, a sharp pain in his heart. And the interesting thing with that, uh, and it's no, it's, he didn't get killed or anything. But the interesting thing with that as well, right? Is you can with electromagnetic fields, right? So the electromagnetic fields at a certain frequency can can burn the skin. They yep. can they can give you pains and all that kind of stuff. So they can affect you, and that's what's happened. Where like um, during the series, we we'll talk about another series where it, it can burn the hands and that kind of stuff. Gives you basically a radiation burn, um, but it can also with that type of um, frequency or technology, it can also affect the heart rate and affect the heart. Yes, things like that as well. I know, I know this, right? I know this because I'm I'm electrosensitive, right? I have right. been since I was like early twenties, and it's like things like mobile phones, Wi-Fi, all that type of stuff, right? Affects me. Like, I can feel it. It gives me a sore head. I get migraines off it. So, um, right. it's just basically a condition I've I've managed to live with. So, um, I end up, um, my whole house is hardlined and all that kind of stuff, and I just try and um, 
I, I use a phone, but I use a, a limited. I mean, I just try and control it and and try and yeah. know, use as much technology and the, basically wireless stuff affects me, right? And that's where I know a wee bit about that. I know about what it can do to me. You know what I mean? Because if I sometimes yeah, yeah. sit in front of a screen, it can actually it actually affects. I get a rash in my face when I sit in front of a screen. No, oh, right, okay. It's nuts. I mean, it's totally so nuts. Similar sort of thing, um, I suppose, to what what's been going on there. Yeah, I mean, it's that's just it's a certain frequencies. You know what I mean? Because that's when they when they test where they, these. That's why they wear the body meters when they're using the body meters. Um, yeah, it, it's actually for. It's not for radiation. There is radiation background. It's for their safety, isn't it? But it's, but it's, it's not just radiation in, in terms of like um, radiation, like radio, radiological yeah. stuff. It's it's down to the actual um, the frequency radiation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's like or your um, ELFs and and stuff like that, or like all these type of frequencies that's caused yeah, by, saying, caused like, by that type of technology. You know I mean? Yeah, the that, different that. types of bandwidth. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, 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 there's microwave, microwave weapons and all that kind of stuff being developed. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's all that type of frequency material. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what affects them. Well, there's one question. Um, I find it quite. I'm going to struggle with this, but it wasn't really an experiment. It's just something that happened. What's your favourite experiment so far on the ranch you've seen, and why? So when they was checking this cow that had died, um, they was waiting for the vet to come out, everything was spiking. And one of the lead scientists that's on there, I can't remember the guy's name, he was saying, you've got every single frequency going off. You've got microwave, like broadband, Wi-Fi, all 5G, whatever it is. Obviously, it weren't 5G at the time because it wasn't out then. But it's like having every single frequency going off all at once. And they know it's not human because we're unable to make that happen with the technology we've got. It's impossible for humans to have all these different frequencies going off at the same time in the same place. And that was when his phone, it's like someone had already his phone and was just pressing every single button all at the same time. It was, it was the, like all the, all, the, all the different frequencies on at the same time. For yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's impossible to do that. We don't blanket. We don't know how to do it. So a blanket suit at one point six gigahertz, roughly, right? So that's what it, that's what yeah. it hits when you see that that signal, right? The signal that they find when they know the phenomenon is happening is one point six gigahertz, right? Yeah. The three gigahertz range is the whole kind of UFO type range as well, right? And yeah. But that thing with the the one point six, you can get that on other types of frequencies, right? But Going into the kind of question as well, the same type of thing where um, the experiment, I don't think it was explained very well because when, which, see when the experiment, when they were actually, the same as what Andy's talking about, right? But they were trying to find out where the signal was coming from, right? Yeah. 1.6 gigahertz, right? So they attributed that to a certain point. So when, when you use a normal meter, when you use like a, an EMF meter, It'll just it'll search for it or kind of out the bandwidth will just kind of search. You can't, they're not really directional unless you buy a yeah. certain type of meter that can direct it. Well, so that's they, what they, they were doing, weren't they? So they, they put them in like tin cans, so the rest yeah, of the tin cans shield it. it I don't think, yeah. to be honest with you, I don't think that was extremely accurate, but I, I don't know how they came from because I know a wee bit about the meters and stuff like that in regards to yeah, the condition yeah. I had, so I know a bit about the frequencies and all that. So with them trying to do that with the uh, 
the meters and then for somehow finding out a mile above the ranch that they've got the signal, the stronger yeah. kind of hang of the signal that's just coming for you up about a mile above the ranch or X amount of maybe like it's like about a kilometre and a bit above the ranch where they're finding the signal coming yeah, yeah. from you're stronger. So I don't know how they got to I know they obviously went up and they dropped stuff for helicopters and all that kind of stuff, but it was yeah, initially they had, how did they, they had get the weather thing, didn't they? Yeah. So I found that quite that was that interested me, right? But I just I don't think there's enough explanation of how they found it. And that's one of the things I'm thinking where are they getting like nods and winks for the vast team who were there before to say, right, look here, this is what we found, because maybe they can't pass yeah. that knowledge on them. But there's I found that interesting and I found um what else was it? I found the one interesting when they got the the rabbi in, and they done they done that, which we'll talk about when we go on. But just yeah, I've not it. seen that one. So but... the rabbi done a um, some type of ritual which opens up a portal or right. closes a portal. I think it was open up a portal. And as they done that, they had all the sensors on. They had um, the the what do you call it? The spectrum, obviously, but you can see like the heat spectrum and all that kind of stuff as well. Yes. And then, so when they done that, the one point six gigahertz hit. They then, they then ended up. They could see something moving in the the heat kind of zone when they had a good picture of Homestead Three or something like that. And there was a few yeah. other things happening at that same time. I just found that quite interesting when the guy was doing that, and it happened again when the the recorded the rabbi doing it, and they put it out elsewhere and they still got some type of effect from it yeah so i found that quite interesting yeah see one thing that got me related to what you've just said is when they're testing to see what direction it's coming from yeah and they're saying it's coming it's directly above us it's not coming from the ground yeah and then the next experiment they're doing oh it's coming from the ground so and all this radiation all these um sound waves, whatever they are, are moving about. But they, like you said, they don't explain how they've got to that point. Yeah, yeah. It's just they're just like, doing that. They have got detectors everywhere, but that's the thing, it's not a case where they've they've shown how they've pinpointed it. I mean, I know they've done the directional thing in the tin can and all that kind of stuff, but that I mean Maybe when I go back and watch it all again, I mean, in regards, I've been through it a few times, but yeah, I just didn't think it was clear enough an explanation of how they found the thing in the sky, the pinpoint of that ear in the sky, which was some the sort of some type of portal. But John Alexander, um, who was working in the Bass team with Bigelow, yeah. that was the Bass team for anybody that doesn't know, I'm sure he's do, was um, that was from the Defence Intelligence Agency, so that was funded, and right. that was one that was provisionally funded by OSAP. Which was I'll just get that kind of it was advanced aerospace threat identification identification program. So that was OSAP. That was the precursor to ATIP, right. which everybody knows about with the Tic Tac and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, ATIP came out of OSAP, but OSAP funded Bass, who done the investigation on Skinwalker Ranch after two thousand and four. That's what you don't right. know. That's the still kind of classified stuff, but you know some of the stuff has come out of that, but not a lot. Yeah, they mention it, but obviously they don't go into detail because apparently they've not been told. It's all been kept under wraps. So, but uh, it's just obviously the more I watch it, I'm, I'm going to read the book by George Knapp as well next week. So, 
<clears throat> find, Good question. Oh, find out a bit more. Sorry. Good question. Sorry, one second. Right, you're just nicking me Xbox controllers, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, forgot what I was saying. Come. All right, so we're talking about just the, the just the question. So that question just obviously answered in regards to the best experiment. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so that was really kind of answer to that, but I mean, it's um, just putting the questions in there. Yeah, so yes. any other questions? Yeah, so this is not Skinwalker. This is straight for you from Rick Allen. Where was the last report of a dogman Chris had in Scotland? I don't, I've not really had any dogman um, sightings in Scotland at all. I mean, there's, there's been, there's, there's been um, sightings of... Um, like you, you the sightings of a big grey man and stuff like that up in yeah. the Cairngorms. Um but I've never came across any dogman sightings or anything like that um in my time for what I've been doing or what I've read. Um no really, no. There's there've been multiple kind of like black dog sightings and, and things like that, black cat yeah. sightings. But you could attribute that just to a black cat or a black dog. And um, yeah. one of the interesting things I'm going a slight bit of tangent. So that going into that with the, the no dog man, but there is there is cases of um, the big grey man or Bigfoot up north, which has been um, highlighted by, like obviously Chris Turner and Elusive and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. a book. If you've not read the book, there's a book um, by Affleck Gray. His name is, and um, he documents a lot of the cases from the early 1900s to late 1800s, right through to present day, to when he was alive, um, yeah. of sightings of like like Kenny Bigfoot in Scotland. Um, and when you look at all that, if you're into that type of field and you follow it, you can see similarities to what's what's been kind of done elsewhere with the, yeah. the kind of methods you follow and all that kind of stuff. So you can see links with it. Yeah. Um, but aye, but no, no, nothing dog man. Like right. Well, I've got a proposition. I know where one is. Do you want it? <laughs> I don't think he means a dog, man. I think he means a report. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you want to me via you can contact me via Facebook, Scottish Paranormal Podcast at gmail.com. Um or yeah, any basically any name. Yeah. Give me a shout. Yeah, because you're on you're on pretty much all platforms, aren't you, with the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Spotify, Apple, yeah, Stitcher, yeah. um, Cast box, that's the one I use. Most podcasts and streaming sites, and then yeah, obviously yeah. YouTube as well, Facebook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, give me a shout, Rick, definitely. I'm trying to think what I was going to say there. I was going to say something else. Um in regards to that. Not with the dog man. But there's been sight there's been sightings of like um Bigfoot and stuff like that. I mean the things yeah. like that. Well, not like myself said, personally, not myself personally, yeah. but there've been sightings in the past. But like you said, with the Silverman, was it Silverman? Yep, that's like five miles from here. 
After that. Yeah. Because in that way you go, you said you go running up that way. If it when you come yeah, on last time, yeah. you're talking about it. See, that was, I mean, that was going back. To, that's what I, I find kind of intriguing about that story because it was, it was really synchronistic with the fact yeah. that um, when I went to 20 years prior, 20 years prior, I was running and I hadn't run in that forest before. And yeah. it was like, again, it's not a big forest, but there's like a bit of flat land before it. You might have heard this story before if I've told it, but I was out running during the day and um, I got to the top of this um, denser bit of forest. And I'm not looking for nothing paranormal. I'm just out running. And uh, yeah. something basically stopped me in my tracks. It was like total fear factor. It was like being a kid again yeah. and, and no one to go any further. And I, and I cut my run short and came back. And I thought it was really, really weird. Told the wife. And um, now you would attribute that to the Oz factor. Or then I didn't. I just, it was just a weird kind of feeling I got. And that was yeah. that fear. But when I went and interviewed the guy for the Silver Man for his sighting, it was about 50 to 100 metres from the actual oh, encounter. Yeah. And so then do you the think burial, we... and there's burial mounds here as well. Yeah. So do you think you picked up on that? Because you were saying you're sensitive to, like, different, um, like, new technology. I don't know. I mean, and all that. Do you think that I mean, could be part of it? I'm not sure. I mean, but that, the whole kind of thing where, like, I'm, it's not as bad now because I stay away from quite a lot of it and I don't prolong use, but... I could like I could feel your phone ringing before it would go off in your pocket. Yeah. I, mean, I could I could feel a text coming through before it would come through. Yeah. But um, it's just it's no nothing paranormal. It's just I can just feel it. I'm just sensitive to microwave radiation. <laughs> <laughs> but I could I could if there was something I, I reckon if there was something electromagnetic in an area, I could probably pick yeah. up on it as an ability to feel it. But because then, it's not it, that type of frequency stuff. I feel. Yeah, but if it's Obviously, everything's made up of energy. If it's giving off a strong enough energy mm. count, then you're gonna, you're going to pick up on it straight well, away, anyway, regardless. Yeah. Before before anyone who isn't sensitive to that kind of stuff. Mm. So you've got um, a bit of a head start than anyone <laughs> else. <laughs> so if we see you running in the opposite <laughs> direction, then yeah, we're we're going to follow you. <laughs> Well, I am anyway. Don't care. I'm I'm gone. Right. Uh, next one is from Justin Apple. He likes to know: Is Falkirk still a hotspot for UFO activity? Farmer resident. I think it is. I mean, there was a there was a sighting um, that was reported just a few months ago. Um, yeah. Where somebody reported seeing, I think it was like a a, a bar with a, a, a double kind of ball thing on it or something like that along the actual thirty fourth. Which was need to um that I'm sure Malcolm Robinson was talking about it. Um, right. but I reckon I reckon it is. You know I mean I mean I know I've I've recently picked up a story, but that was it did date back to um when about that time and it was a it was a experiencer type yeah. story, which I, I put in the podcast and stuff. And that was in that area. I didn't detail exactly where the area was. So I was trying I was trying to keep obviously um, I wasn't going to get the exact area, but again, I idea yeah. is within that area. Um, but that was potentially in the 90s. But then there were still sightings up to um, no long ago. But um, I do think there, there is sightings here. The, the thing is, these days, people are too busy looking at their phones and looking up yeah. or looking about when they're going. So um, I think a lot's missed. But that's there is there's, there's definitely there's definitely probably stuff going on. Now, I mean, they get sightings coming through and stuff. Um, it maybe not as prevalent as it used to be. 
But it's, it's where to look and when to look. Just cut off Andy. Yeah. But aye, so that's uh, the, the whole kind of Falkirk thing is it's um, it's been going on for years. You know what I mean? And that, that whole kind of area for Falkirk, Stirling, right across, right up into West Lothian. Um, there's been loads and loads of sightings there. I mean, so that's kind of why I, I want to try and pick up more stories for, for, for this area. I think Andy's disappeared. So when he's not here, I'll go on a wee bit more about Skinwalker when he's not there. So the other bit as well, we're saying there, we, um, as you probably know, back to Skinwalker, um, OSAP was funded by the, the DIA. They had they funded Bass, which was Bigelow, Bigelow Advanced Aerospace um, Studies. I mean, so basically they they funded it for years. They had it in there for um, a good number of years, and then a lot of that stuff still can classify. Um, but totally interesting place, and I do think that there's there's more and more um, places out there, um, especially as I'm saying. My locale, I think there's places here. And I think that the thing is, going back to the question with the, the Falkirk thing, the thing is, is, is getting out there and just looking. You know what I mean? Like, take a kind of a, a leaf out of Paul Sinclair's hat, for example. He goes out and walks the, walks the, the cliffs, like, daily to see if yeah. he can see stuff. That's why he sees stuff, because he goes out. You know what I mean? And that's that's kind of what I started doing as well, getting out and and, um, and just getting out. But it's hard because people... People don't want to talk about it. People don't still don't want to. It's still a stigma. It's still stigmatised me. Um, want to um, talk about it? When I bumped into that couple, the guy told me a number of stories about what happened to him when he was younger. He's seen the the flight. Basically, seen a the classic style UFO. The one I was talking about that predated Bob Taylor in the same area yeah. two years prior. Some other things happened to him, and he told me uh, that as well. And also seen a few other things. And I said to him, "You need. I need to get these stories off you." And uh, I gave him my details, but he never came back to me. He was reluctant to tell me the stories. And I, I walked the hills till I found the guy again, and I found him about a year later. But uh, he kind of apologised and just said, "Like I was nearly comfortable coming on." I said, "Look, it doesn't matter. Um, I just want to kind of know the stories." So he told me a bit more and stuff. You know what I mean? But we're going into mega detail with him. But just interesting that there's people seeing so much kind of stuff, but they didn't want it really. Because there's no comfortable. Yeah, it took me years to even kind of talk about some stuff, and that, what I've seen is no extremely crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but to anyone who's not into anything like this or doesn't believe it, the, the, the thing is, though, I mean, if you've not got anybody, if the people are no into it and they're not following it, and like, oh, yes, I can read into it, we follow it, we read probably some of the same literature and books, follow the same stuff, and we've We've got a, a rough kind of grasp of what each other's kind of talking about and stuff. But if you've yeah. got somebody who's no into it and they find out about for maybe CNN or the news or whatever, and you want to tell them, where do you start? Right? Because like you can't even jump in and start talking about Dolores Cannon regressing people and um, talking about what the alien agenda is. They're just going to hit your <laughs> absolutely like nuts, right? But yeah. we understand yeah. that because we've been kind of following it and we can. You've, you've got witness testimony for that long, that length of time, people see much, and we know it before it was there, but the, the thing is, it's trying to, um, there is that much people who, they just, they don't know, 
that's the thing, they don't know. And that's why I was talking about the earlier about the Skinwalker Ranch thing where I still yeah. get people saying to me, What is Skinwalker Ranch? They yeah. follow the podcast, but they don't know what it is. So it's like there's things like no. that. So it's like there's people are still just trying to kind of get in and, and maybe feed it. So hopefully in years to come, um it'll come apart. Hopefully. But <laughs> well, whether it does or not, it's another story. Right. Um, so, we've got, oh, so we've got a couple of questions. So this is from Joe. Andy and Chris, when you're going to visit there, I'm guessing Skinwalker, as soon as somebody pays for me to go. As soon as, as, soon as Brandon Fugel um, yeah. invites me. <laughs> yeah, as soon, as soon as I get invited, I'm, I'm gone. See, yeah. the thing is, I don't think you need to go to these places. I, I, well, there's places, enough places here that you could go to. I mean, I was for a while, I was always going to want to get down and, and go to Paul Sinclair's area because of the activity down there. But then yeah. when I stopped to think about it, I was like, there's so much stuff here. I don't know. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I went to, for those that don't know, plastered it all over Facebook and YouTube, went to Canic Chase on Tuesday. Yeah, I went during the day, yeah. but I went around the park called Brockton, where the stepping stones are. So I downloaded an app called Staffordshire Walks, and it has a list of all the walks. So each area is like between one and ten different walks. Obviously, some are longer than others. Um, the one we did is about 2.7 mile. So we did this walk around the river and all that. Felt There's a few bits that felt uneasy and a little bit eerie, but I think that's because there's no one else about. You couldn't hear the traffic. It's gone down into like a ravine. And we probably passed about 10 people, or either joggers or dog walkers. And it was just certain parts had a different energy than the rest of it. And then on the drive to that particular car park, we passed the sign that's um, for the German military, German military cemetery. That's what used to be the POW during the Second World War. So there's about, average, about 5,000 German soldiers buried there. There's either shot and killed on English soil or wherever they died, they moved and they was buried there. And even that, that during, I had a bit of a scout about before I, started, I did a live stream from there, but I weren't just going to go in and start filming. I waited, like, I was in there 10, 15 minutes before like checking it out, making sure there's no one going to come over and have a got me for filming. And just walking around there, it's like, even though it was during the day, it was deadly quiet. Mm-hmm. I, and it, the road was only, what, about half a mile away. And you, you would normally still hear the traffic, but you couldn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just, I don't know, it, it's that. Unless you've been, it's hard to explain. And then we walk back up to the Commonwealth Graves, which is right on the road. Um, that is literally probably half the size of a football pitch, tiny compared to the the other part. And that that had a different vibe about that as well. Mm-hmm. So, but it's one of them play. I wouldn't go at night. On my own, I wouldn't. I'd, there'd have to be at least six to ten people with me before I'd even consider going. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You're miles away from anywhere, and there is, once you're in that part, I suppose it's like the Highlands in Scotland, excuse me, once you're there and you're right away from civilization, anything happens, what are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if you just go over on your ankle or something like that, yeah, like that. you're going to be waiting quite a while for medical attention. I'm going. I'm going back up this year to um, Ben Mc, Ben McDo is where you yeah. get the um, was the sightings of the the big grey man up in Scotland. Right. So mountain. It's like the second highest mountain in Scotland. And right. um, yeah. so there's been sightings right through the years. And across from Ben McDo, there's another place called. It used to be called the Devil's Penis, right? It's called Devil's Point now, right? Yeah. And that was attributed to a lot of strange things. You, the devil's in the detail with the whole kind of. Um, Come back to David uh, Pilates with uh, uh, some of his stuff, right? So that was the detail. So it was called the Devil's Penis for something, right? So um, I'd been up during was a couple of years ago. I went up and camped in the uh, camped in between them, but um, yeah. planning to go back. Planning to go back up, um, maybe like this year. Go up there and get a visit up and see what's what. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm. Just got as you're talking, just going for all the questions. I've just got a star a couple. Have you ever done because I've heard there's a lot of activity around Glencoe? I don't well, know the exact point. Well, Glencoe, Glencoe, there's a place at Glencoe, um, called the Lost Valley, right? So you, you go up through this, you go up through this kind of mountain, and then it used to yeah. be a place where the cattle rustlers back in the day. Um, used to hide cattle. That place up there is supposed um, to be quite eerie. So you go up, you go up this kind of mountain through this bit, and it's like a f- pure flat pasture, uh, pasture land. And then yeah. there's like it's just mountains right on about you. And it's yeah. uh, people go up there and camp and stuff like that. But that's quite an eerie place up there in Glencoe. Yeah. No, because I've heard a lot of different stories around there. I know there's one. It's like a pub stroke hotel. I can't remember the name of it. And there's like anyone that stays there ends up, they, they never stay the full night. Mm-hmm. But they either leave and find somewhere else or they go out and sleep in the car or <laughs> van or whatever. I can't remember the name of it. I was hoping you was going to know. I know it's a bit vague, but that's all I can remember for it. Is it, is it definitely in Glencoe? Yes. Aye. Yeah. I know. I've driven through there, so I know these. I know you got like the little villages and that scattered about yeah. in the towns, but I know there's not a lot really no, civilization no in that area. Yeah, there's not a lot there. There's a pub called the Clack Egg at the bottom of the at the bottom of Glencoe. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's that. I don't think it might be that. No, that doesn't that. sound familiar. No. So if if I find it, I'll let you know and see if you, you've got any reports on it. Oh no that just thought I'd throw that one in. Right. Uh, next one is for Chris from Richard Crooks. Has Chris seen the missing 411 UFO connection film yet? What's his I've thoughts no, on this? I've, I've not seen it yet, but I will be. Can I, I do follow some of um, the 411 stuff. And I mean, I've watched most of that. And I do like his work and stuff. Um, so yeah. I've still to, I've still watched that. So I came with and I come across it actually. I'm sure somebody had put a link to it up um, another week there, and I thought I need to watch that. But no, yeah. no, yeah. So, is it good? Put in the chat if it is. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure someone will put some up soon. Right, next one is from Justin Apple. He wants to know how to get hold of you for your for how do I give Chris my close UFO sign? So just uh, you can contact me on it's, it's easy to remember. So it's Scottish Paranormal Podcast, Scottish Paranormal Podcast, all one word at gmail.com. Or you can find me on Facebook at the Scottish Paranormal Podcast on Facebook. Um, and you can just send me a message via that. Or you'll find me on Facebook as well as, as Chris PP. So it's, it's basically uh, Chris SPPV. So it's Chris Scottish yeah. Paranormal Podcast. So any of the means. I'm on Instagram as well. Um, I'm on um, Podbean, all the, all the, all the basically um, podcasting sites and stuff like that, like iTunes and stuff like that. But the main ones I'll, I'll kind of get most of my messages probably my, my, my Facebook page or my Gmail account, my Scottish Paranormal Podcast at gmail.com. Pretty straightforward. So ping me your messages. I'd send you, I'll send you, I check that every couple of days. So I could, I would send you a message back and then I could either give you a call or, or whatever for there. Yeah. That's right. Richie's just put fantastic film, guys. Well, yeah, well worth a watch. Cheers, Richard. So, yeah, try. Definitely. That'll do. If, if not, you know whose door to go knocking on. Uh, we trust him right and next one is a question for me off Lottie are you organising an event this year for everyone so whilst out in Cannock I took mental notes there's a lot of areas where you can go camping there's also a lot of areas where you can't don't know but wait, you can you can camp, but you can't overnight camp. So you can go during the day, but then you've got to leave before it gets dark. Now, to me, that says because I can't see anyone patrolling that area. To be honest with you, because it's like they're all scattered about. So do you reckon that'd mean then there's no overnight camping because there's stuff going on that they don't know about? Or you're just not allowed to stay overnight in case you make a mess. Because there are quite a few, um, like, not is it National Trust? Uh, nature Reserve areas that are fenced off where you can't go in. So I have been given the go-ahead from the missus that I'm allowed to go and do a weekend camping over at Canuck. So I want to do that. But I, like I said, I want there to be at least at least six people going because if anything does happen then there's enough people there to help sort out and the camping's free as well so you don't even have to pay for the plot plot whatever you call it you can just turn up and go to one of the campsites because a lot of the parking areas other than the visitors sent on the bmx uh, mountain bike track i you don't have to pay for parking but they are right out off the main drag. So once you're there, you're like middle of nowhere. So I do want to sort that out. Um, I know Warren wanted to go. A lot is up for going. I know Joe wants to go, but she lives the other side of the moon, so no one's going to be going down picking her up. You know, she's like in Southampton. It's like, I, I think there's only Joe that lives in Southampton. No one else lives down there. So, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> no, I'm just reading the comments. It's not very nice, isn't it? Your moderator calls you one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to be sorting that out. I'll put a note on um, YouTube and Facebook. So, yeah, if you're coming down to England at any point, Chris. Yeah, I come down now and again. Uh, I work yeah. down there now and again, so, yeah. How far do you, do you come down? Um, well, I, I usually I cover right down into the northeast of England. Um, right. But I, I sometimes travel down to, um, down to outside Luton and stuff like that as well. Outside where, sorry? Outside Luton. Oh, it's not far from me. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing there now and again. Yeah. I'm, there, I'm actually doing there next week. Oh, give us a shout if you're anywhere near Northampton. I'm basically I'm I'm flying in, in the I'm flying in, in the afternoon, then I'm I'm flying back out the next morning. Ah, uh, right. So you're just in Luton yeah, and back in. Yeah. Out, aye. It's no it's actually up next to Bedford. Ah right, yeah. Cool. Right. Have you anything more to add to anything, Chris? Um, well, just Skinwalker stuff, obviously, um, that was just kind of covering a bit of the basis of the story to yeah. start off with. Um, and then, obviously, as I said, it went from Nids, went from the Shermans, the Nids, to Bass, who were like the DIA-funded. And then from that, now it's been passed on to, well, Brandon uh, Fugel, he kind of bought it over after Bigelow. Bigelow's like yeah. a, a billionaire. Um Brandon Fugel's probably he's a millionaire or a billionaire. He's, he's, he's a, a billionaire, billionaire as well, isn't he? It's, it? quite, it's quite hefty. And so yeah. so they've now kind of upgraded all the kind of security. If you watch the program, you know what I mean. So yeah. they've up, up, up security, cameras, a um, lot more technology. So and then it's just kind of what they find for here onwards. You know I mean, so yeah. um, that well, was kind of that. the initial kind of bit of story. Yeah. Is there a lot? Yeah. There are a lot more stories in there. So if you've no heard the skin, if you've no heard the Skinwalker Ranch, it's worth reading the books or or watching yeah. a few podcasts on it. I've not maybe done it justice with some of the stories in there, but it gives a kind of idea of what the place is. Um, yeah. And then move on to like the, the actual series, and we can obviously talk about the series because you can comment on the series, and you can um, there might be some bits you think is is crap in the series. Sometimes you might it's actually quite good. Yeah. Um, some things you thought kind of works and and whatever. So it's, it's all that kind of stuff. So and then for that as well, it's like how could you attribute it? the way I I quite like it as well is. How could I attribute any of that information that the, you've got within that CDs, the technology they've got, this the tested run and all that kind of stuff? Can we use that here? Can we use that in other areas with the, yeah. within a kind of cost parameter? You know what I mean? Can you can recreate things like that to try and yeah. um, poke the bear elsewhere? Well, the, the thing is with them though, he's that Fugo's got millionaire, billionaire, whatever. So. He hasn't got any issues. If they need to do an experiment, he's got the yeah. money to cover the costs. So yeah. it's it's nothing to him to get any of that, that done. Mm -hmm. But for the likes of us, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's literally two yogi cartons and a helicopter. I've not got a helicopter lying at the back of him. Like. <laughs> yeah, and I've not even got a fake one. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's a lot. If you've got the money, you can get whatever you want. So it's just how it is, isn't it, really? Mm -hmm. But yeah, so if anyone, so we're going to be doing this for the next three Fridays. So next week, we're going to cover season one. 
week after season two, and then the week after that is season three, then a roundup of everything that we've gone over. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that is everything. I have nothing else to add on to this. Thanks for the questions and the time, folks, as well. Yep. Yep. So we'll see you next Friday, same time. Oh, yeah. I really can't speak tonight. For those that don't know, it's changed back from half seven to 8 p.m. as of this week. Even the ones on a Wednesday are going to be 8 p.m. So nothing at half seven. Couple of reasons for it, but don't need to explain them. Just make sure you can be here at half seven. At least you're going to get a decent seat at the front. <laughs> you're not going to be <laughs> sat at the back. So, yeah, that's it. So, um, if there's anything that you want uh, to ask us ready for next week, get all your questions sorted and wrote down. And then we'll do like we did today. First half, we'll talk about what we've covered. Oh, do you want to do it? we do the questions as they pop up. Yeah, easy. I'll let, you, I'll let you decide. It's entirely up to you. Sorry, I'm having to do... My other mod has decided to not show up, so I'm having to do everything on my own. and It's a bit of a bar late, to be honest. <laughs> so, right. On that note, we're going to go. I'll play the trailer. Rather than do the outro, I'll just play the trailer, what I made for the for the Skinwalker thing. I meant to play it at the beginning and completely forgot. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of them weeks. Right, so see you same time next week. Thanks again, Chris, for doing Cheers, this project. Andy. Cheers, everybody and in the chat. I'll speak to you all soon. Have a great weekend and good night. Fourteen, thirteen, twelve, eleven.